Wait for it. Greetings, welcome back to another episode of the Active Geek Podcast, but this isn't the Active Geek Podcast, Chuck. This is our very first episode of WandaVision's Wanda Watch. Yeah. Because uh, the last two, or the first two episodes of WandaVision have premiered, and we are going to talk about it. It's kind of like a uh, Talking Dead. We have an after show. Yeah. Who would have thought? And we're current. We're not waiting until Wednesday to release this. So every week we're going to be doing this and putting it out there, a little review, a little recap of what happened and uh, things you might have missed. So we're not going to do any news nope. on this this show. This is 100% WandaVision, but I do have something I want to talk about real quick. Uh, this is a preview for next week, for Wednesday. Moon Knight cast Ethan Hawke as their villain. Yeah, I saw that this morning. I love it. I yeah, so love I. the idea. I have some theories. Ethan Hawke is a great actor, and I think he's underrated. I know that one show that he's had, I think it was Showtime. Uh, I haven't watched it, but I heard it was really good. And he's Any really dreadful? good. No. The new one? Yeah, it's like a Western. And he was great in, um, what, Magnificent Seven? Oh, yeah, he's fantastic. So I love the idea. 100% love it. We will talk about that later, but uh, this is Wanda Watch, my friend. We are going yes. to put all of our vision into... Uh, what we thought of the episode, what we saw, and I have a ton of Easter eggs. So let's paint the picture uh, for the series going forward. A lot of spoilers to follow in this episode. Yes. Like all the spoilers, because we're going to talk about episode one and episode two. I have our, in each running time, if that, uh, maybe 24 minutes with eight minutes worth of trailer (laughs) time or uh, credit time. But we'll go with episode number one. We are greeted on the brand new street in the 1950s, 1960s era America where Wanda and Vision look like they're honeymoons, uh, honeymooners, and they are walking into their house. There's some Dick Van Dyke stuff. There's some Bewitch stuff, some Leave it to Beaver stuff. And this episode kind of revolves around a dinner with yeah. Vision's boss and boss's wife. And we all know. We've seen those shows. We grew up watching the reruns Mm -hmm. of those shows, how important that episode is. When the boss's wife and and the boss come over for dinner, we know that it's going to be uh, a disaster, number one, and it's going to end pretty well. And we got, what, Deborah Jo Rupp as the Kitty from that 70s show as uh, Mrs. Hart, which was fantastic. She has not changed at all. No, man. Everybody's talking about how Betty White hasn't aged. Neither has she. No, she has not aged. Like, that show was, what, almost 20 years ago, 15 years ago? And she looks exactly the same. Yeah, looks just like Kitty Foreman, which was uh, an added bonus. Uh, I was very happy to see her. I knew she was coming. But let's talk about the episode. What did you think of the episode? Now, again, spoiler alert going into this, if somebody missed that first spoiler alert. This is a show that we previewed last week and we or that we said – was going to be different it was going to be weird and wild and zany and it was not going to be your traditional mcu series or movie did it deliver yes i had to warn my family before watching it because they're like oh the mcu and lately i've been re-watching the mcu movies and like right before that me and ag were watching thor and captain america the first avenger okay good ones great ones and I was like, this is nothing like these movies. And they were like, ah, yeah, like just kind of played it off. And then Black and White kicks on and it very bewitched, very I Dream a Genie. Yeah, uh, Leave it to Beaver with her yeah. 100% June Cleaver's outfit. 
Like yeah. the, the dress well, and the pearls. The first dress, not the second dress. No. The second dress was <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. <But> well, <laughs> that's another podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's after hours. Yes, Active Geek after hours. <laughs> but it, you know, and then they were, and they were like, what the hell is this? And I, you know, I warned them, but I don't think my warning really sank in until we started watching it. Um, it did deliver. It was weird. It was very, like I said, reminiscent from those sh- shows. Uh, what I love, it was filmed on a live studio audience, so it gave that feel. And you said off air, people said with the CGI. There wasn't supposed to be CGI. It's supposed to be... It's wires. Yeah. looks like, you know, when she's in the kitchen making or trying to make dinner. Yeah. You know, the pots and pans come out of the, the um, cabinets and stuff like that. It looked cheesy. It's yeah. supposed to. It's yeah, not. It's, it was all wire work. What they were going for was a homage to you know these late fifty shows because like I'm sure Kevin Feige grew up on stuff like this and yeah. he said he was like this is we didn't want to be a spoof we wanted to be an homage. Yeah, and when you think about it, like we talked about this, we kind of I think we've alluded to this whether on a, a trailer episode of it or for the full, pre, full preview. When you're in Sokovia and you're being worked on. Mm-hmm. You're not getting broadband cable. You're not getting Comcast. You're getting yeah. reruns. You're getting an old box TV of I Dream of Genie, Bewitched, mm-hmm. uh, all American sitcoms to kind of assimilate yourself into what's to come. You have to yes. know like your basic P's and Q's, and you need to know how human a- uh, interactions work. And I think that those shows were a prime training exercise for mutants that didn't know how to assimilate yet. And that I think that's what they grew up on, honestly. Yeah, no, and I, I agree, you know, if if we were in that situation, it would be like uh, Growing Pains and Full House and stuff like that. Um, you know, we would simulate something like that, and I it's coming, you know. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, stuff like, like very reminiscent of the family ties and stuff like that, like it, it, it's definitely coming. It was good, it was a good start. It was what I expected, and, and more some. Yeah, it really didn't answer a lot of questions no it kind of just laid the groundwork for what's going to happen a lot of people are saying this is the this is going to be the worst episode of the series because it's the beginning you can't just jump right into mephisto Mm -hmm. you can't just jump into reality bending you just go you ease your way into it and see the picture that they're painting i like this episode um i was a big fan of those sitcoms growing up so this kind of hit home with me but i also like the range that you're seeing of these two actors you're seeing paul Mm -hmm. bettany and um, Elizabeth Olsen just stretched their acting loins and they're saying like we can play these characters but there's something darker coming it's not a lot to talk about it's not a lot to write home about with this episode unless you like really paid close attention to the details yes uh, I will say one thing it did introduce us to Agnes who is yes. going to be the MVP of the show I think uh, whether for good or for bad like Catherine Hahn is going to be amazing in this series I, I love Catherine Hall. I always have. Yeah. I think it's from Step Brothers. That's the wife, Adam Adam Scott's wife. And I've always find her weirdly attractive. Like, she's not like a, you know, smoking hot one, but like, I think the comedy. She gives that Stifler's mom vibe. Yeah. I mean, especially in Step Brothers when uh, she said she wanted to roll him up and keep her in her um, private areas. That re, <laughs> I think that, that did it for me. But, um. Okay. Well, we know what your kink is. No <laughs> but you know, 
But like in step or uh, bad moms, where she was like the drunk, trashy mom, like she's great and she's got range, you know. Yeah. Um, she's fits perfectly in this uh, Pleasantville type setting, and she's gonna be a way bigger factor than I think a lot of people think. Absolutely, man. She's popped up at every right moment. It's kind of mm-hmm. like she has her eye on Wanda the yeah. entire time, like she's watching her, which is weird because we know like that was supposed to be their anniversary, and she's. She's like watching them do what they're they were supposed to do, but like no explanation of how she got all that food. She just brought everything over. She had the lobster. She had the steak. Like it's kind of like she conjured that stuff up. And we've got a mention of Ralph in this episode, and Ralph will come back in my Easter eggs in season uh, episode two. But this might be a thing where like Wanda and Vision have no people skills yet, because obviously you know one's a mutant that was raised in captivity, and the other one's a robot or an android. They didn't invite Ralph or Agnes over for dinner, right? They're having a dinner party. They could have been like, all right, well, we'll have a dinner party later, like another day. But that was never mentioned. And I have a theory about Ralph. But she made a mention to a thing where they were talking about anniversaries. And I was wondering if you picked up on this. She said that uh, he wouldn't rec- he wouldn't recognize our anniversary if it was like a steak that said June 2nd. Do you remember that scene? Yeah. Okay. Do you know what's important about June 2nd? No, I don't. Okay. So in 1600s of June 2nd, it was the trial of Bridget Bishop, which kicked off the Salem Witch Trials. If you look at Agatha Harkness, as we talked about, she's one of the first witches of Salem. Yeah. I don't know if that – like, listen, there's going to be a lot of stretches on my theories in this episode because I have some. (laughs) But I don't think you just say June 2nd when Agnes is speaking and that doesn't symbolize something. I think that I'm going more solidified evidence that she is Agatha Harkness. Well, you got to talk about, you know, we just brought out Agatha, but if you go back to our preview episode, you think that Agnes is Agatha Harkness. 100%. That's my that's my guess. And I I I agree. I didn't know much about Agatha Harkness until we talked about it, but it does fit. And then the June 2nd thing, like you pulled that out of uh good Listen, job wa- with that one. I watched it twice. Uh, I watched it with Chelsea and then Chelsea went out. And we watch, I watched it again, and I paused it like every time I thought there was an Easter egg. And when there was a date or there was something on the wall, and, and when we go to episode two, there's another one that I that I paused. I was like, I'm so glad I paused it. But I, I researched everything. I want, to, you know, I, want to, I want this after show to be fantastic. I wanted to have a lot of things in there. But we have some more Easter eggs. This yeah. one didn't have a ton of it. This one didn't have a ton, but episode two has a ton that we'll talk about in a little bit. We get a commercial. Yes. For the Toastmate 2000 from Stark Industries. Yeah. Now, did you hear how the toast comes out? No. The best line was when it was like, are you tired of your wife burning your toast? Yeah. It's very misogynistic, that yeah. part. Uh, the toaster makes the arc reactor repulsor sounds. Uh... So it's a it's an immediate callback to Iron Man. Also, the way I, I view these ads, it, this first one was the man who created Vision. Yes. So you're getting the creators. The second ad we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, and then we got the the most important one, the most obvious one we saw in the trailer, um, the wine, Mansion de Ma, uh, du Mapri. And it's the House of Contempt, which can easily translate into the House of Misery, House of M. So did you catch those two? Not the I, – I get the Stark thing. I didn't hear the Pulse Reactor. I knew these commercials are going to be something, and especially the second one was a big one. Yeah, huge. Yeah, but I didn't get that. That I didn't get the the wine reference. It makes a lot of sense with House of M. 
and we talked about we talked about that in our preview. Like that's what I want. Like I want to see references of that, and and we got it. Yeah, and I don't want to spoil what could possibly be a Galaxy Wars episode, but Tom has some amazing theories on WandaVision. He sent me five theories yesterday, and they're phenomenal. Uh, and I want all of them to happen. But we get the final scene as we wrap up episode one, because, again, there's not a lot going on other than the groundwork being laid. We get the guy watching, or so we get somebody watching. So the WandaVision goes to credits, and as it goes to credits for us, it goes to credits for somebody else who's working for S.W.O.R.D., yeah. watching. So my question to you, and we noticed that S.W.O.R.D. got a little makeover with uh, its logo. Yes. Who do you think is uh, watching? I don't know. Like, I know um, Randall Park is in this, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking maybe he's working for S.W.O.R.D. now. That's that's my thought. I think it's Randall Park, Jimmy and, Woo. And Randall Park, if you remember, he is from uh, Ant-Man yes, and the Wasp. Jimmy Woo. Yes, and he is, um, I think, uh, S.W.O.R.D. recruited him, and now he's, he's watching. And how he's doing this, I'm not sure or what's going on, but I, I do think it's uh, Randall Park's character. Yeah, Randall Park is my, my main character that I think it is, but I also think it could be Darcy because we know Kat Dennings is in this as well. Yes. And I think with her, such a deep connection with Jane Foster, with Thor, with Selvig, I think that she's too important for Nick Fury or who I, I think Nick Fury's running sword at this point up in space uh, as far as the post credit scene in Spider-Man Far From Home. She's too important to not get recruited to S.H.I.E.L.D. or one of those acronyms, except for MODOK. She can't get recruited to MODOK because that's a, a whole nother acronym for a whole nother time. But overall, my friend, one to five, what did you – well, let's go one to ten. Ge- geek Greater, what did you give this episode? I, I, I think it was a ten. I think okay. it, it it was a great episode. It laid a lot of groundwork. I think really the acting really uh, threw it over the top for me. I agree. Um, I'm at a 10 as well. This might be another Mandalorian for me, just where everything's a 10. Not in the same, like I hold it to that same value, but I think it's going to be, a t- I think this is a yeah. 10 just because of what I know is to come. And, and this was the first episode of, of only a nine episode run. Like, this is a, a nine-episode miniseries. Like, this is all we're getting. Yes. So it, di- it did pave the way. And as we move into episode – move away from episode one, we have to move into episode two where, again, it's still black and white for the entire episode until the very end. There's a little bit of color. Uh, red and yellow yeah. is what we're getting. We get a lot – we get some blood on Dottie's hand, and we get the sword helicopter that was in the bushes. But this is, again, more leave it to beaver – uh, I did. I can tell you, there's one thing I did not like. What? I did not like how Vision was such a scaredy cat when he yeah. was in, like, and he hid under the covers. I was, I was so upset with that. So, what did you think? First, you know, it it, it bumped up about ten years. Uh, it went from the '50s to look like the '60s. Yeah. They have a brand new. They have a brand new house. Yeah. You know, their their clothing has changed. He got that promotion. He got the promotion. The one thing that has not changed is Agnes. Yeah, timeless. She's back, looks the same, so does the other characters. You know, and and then one thing the girl said, they were like, well, if this is a second episode, why are they in a different house? And I was like, because we're going through the decades. Yep. And I said, uh, the first one was 50s, and this one looks like it's in the 60s. To me, that's huge, because if you watch the trailer, it uh, it continues. 
I thought it was a great episode. Um, it expanded the world more. Yeah. Um, we got to see more of the town. Very cult like. Yeah, it's that. This is more Pleasantville than anything. Yeah. Yeah, this was 100% Pleasantville for me, where they have a queen bee. Yes. Uh, pun intended, with the bees to come at the end. Uh, played by somebody who I was super pumped to see, Emma Caulfield from Buffy. I had no idea who it was. Yeah, she played Anya in the early seasons of Buffy. I believe she was a, a demon who was in love with Willow. Um, but Anya was great. Um, hated her. Hated that character. What I thought, she was definitely like, where Agnes said, was like, if you want anything in this town, you got to go through her. If you want to be in the country the club. club. <laughs> yeah, and stuff like that. Like, you go through her. And... When she was saying this, I'm thinking, okay, who is it? Is this going to be a big character? Is it going to be a big actress? I didn't recognize her because, one, I've never watched Buffy. For shame. Yeah. I've, I've seen the movie. That's about it. Um, still good. <laughs> still holds but, up. But very, very cult-like, especially at the end when I, or even in when they were having like that little meeting. It was for the children. For the children. Yeah. Everything's for the children. I don't like it. Not, yeah. We don't do everything for children. That's, yeah. that's not right. It's, it's, uh, it, it had very cult vibes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, kind of like a, almost like brainwashed. Yeah, like they but, were all kind of bewitched, will you say? Yeah, yeah. And we got to see more of the town folk. Yeah, still no Ralph. No, uh, we, we had several references more than last time. The talent show, well, first, where you were saying with the scaredy cat. Yeah, I, I get, he was Hated hamming it. it up. Hated it. You are, you you fought Thanos and the Black Hand, like or the Black Order. You fought them, and you're afraid of a bro, like a, a twig on the window. Come yeah, on, yeah, branch. What are you doing? You fought Ultron. You killed Ultron. So frustrating. I liked the part when they had the beds apart, and then she was like, "Click." Yeah, they, yeah, your pervy side's coming out on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I thought it was funny. You know, and then uh, I think the big scene was the the PTA scene, or not PTA, but like the how they were uh, getting ready for the talent show. So the community and, planning group. Yeah, the community planning. Um, I think that was a big scene. Dottie, there's something about her. Absolutely, like when she starts bleeding and she's like, "How'd you do that?" The radio kicks in. It's like, "Who's doing this to you, Wanda?" Which we'll talk about at the end. Uh, there, yeah, there's a lot going on with her. Yeah. This ep- this episode was um, reminiscent with the times. This is when people started experimenting more with drugs. This one was sped up a little bit more for me because it was like kicked into overdrive. Not like we were on meth or anything, but like this one was kind of kicked into overdrive. You you see a lot of people and you're glossing over somebody, uh, Geraldine, who is Monica Rambeau. Yes. Like she's a, she's heavily focused on this episode. Doesn't know who she really is. Um, yes. Which is which is a trend that we're going to talk about, but. I loved seeing Monica Rambeau in this. Yeah, uh, I said that to the girls. I said, this is a character that we've seen before. And my wife goes, I've never seen her. I said, no, 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 no. Not person, character. Yeah. And I w- and then after I explained it, you know, saying, you know, um, she was the little girl from Captain Marvel. And she's like, well, that makes no sense. I said, exactly. I said, um, a lot of this doesn't make sense. And I said, it will. Everything will be tied together. We only have nine episodes. By March 5th, when the final episode airs, we will know everything. Um, I was like, I guarantee it's not going to be like this forever. 
Now, we'll know that Mephisto is behind all this. Yeah. Uh, th- this episode, like, I love the premise. I love the, you know, the the magic show, the talent show. It's very, very sitcom-y. And it's, it's like they're playing the greatest hits of sitcoms. Yes. You know what I mean? They're not just focusing on, like, the boring episodes. The man never knows where he works, but he knows that he works. So that was highlighted in episode one. The boss and the wife come over. That's highlighted in episode one. Now we have the town getting together. Like, this isn't Cheers when, like, Norm's depressed and he's just sitting there talking about his feelings. Like, this is Leave it to Beaver, the Brady Bunch, when the Brady Bunch or the Partridge family, they jump up on the stage and they do their big performance. Like, they're highlighting the greatest hits of, like, the marathons yeah. for sitcoms which was great you ready for some easter eggs yes all right so let's focus on the big one that we talked about in episode one the ads the von strucker watch yeah. brought to strucker, you by Hydra. strucker watch not yeah von. the strucker yeah the strucker watch which is uh, that's von strucker we know yes baron von strucker um again goes to my my theory not my theory but the relation that iron man created vision so they highlighted stark on that one Von Strucker perfected Wanda and Pietro, so they focused on him on this one. So I feel yes. like that that was a that was a big moment. The ad was darker, yeah, and it said like he'll have time for you. So at first I was like, oh god, please don't tell me Hydra's back. Like I have too I have too much Hydra PTSD. The Hydra logo was in the watch. Yeah, it was right in the center. I was like, first of all, I'd buy that watch. <laughs> like I'd buy that watch, but I don't want more Hydra. No, but I think it needs to be highlighted, especially yeah, in this time era. Yep. Uh, the second one, opening sequence. This is a, a scene that I had to go back and watch again and pause. When Vision phases through the floor and there is, you know, you know how the you have like the, not the crawl space, but I, listen, I don't have a house, but the, the things between the foundation between the first and the second floor. Yes. There, there was a shadow of a helmet. The helmet, the helmet is very, very reminiscent of the Grim Reaper in Marvel Comics. Okay. And what we what we know about the Grim Reaper is that Vision's dead, right? The Grim Reaper could be in that house waiting to take Vision back, right? But also we know that the Grim Reaper is the brother of Wonder Man, who is now hitting the websites saying that he's rumored to be in it. Maybe they're they're trying to leak something. But we know that Wonder Man was used at least his brainwaves were used to create vision in in avengers age of ultron also we know wonder man was cut from guardians and he was played by nathan fillion so that could be a very cool tie-in that that could be a hero that we never expected to be on this show but is on this show maybe he works for sword yeah he's and he's watching the problem that i have with this is i left so many answers and we have to wait another week yeah another week for a half hour we're going to eventually have a show that is as long as the episodes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, the third one, when they go grocery shopping, there's kitty litter. And, of course, I'm looking on the counter, on the shelves for all this stuff. Uh, the kitty litter is Auntie A's kitty litter. Auntie A could be Agatha Harkness. She has a familiar, which is a cat named Ebony. So a little tie-ins there for that one. Did you catch that one? No, I did not. That was like that's a pretty obscure one. Another one in the the pre, not the previews but the opening scenes, they advertised for Bova milk. So yeah. I went back. I went back into Wanda's history, and she had a super engineered cow as a midwife named Bova. <laughs> what? Which is which is absolutely crazy. So Bova is uh, a character in the MCU, or is now a character in the MCU. Dottie, 
is referenced as the devil and being evil. Yes. Is she a creation of Mephisto or is she the avatar of Mephisto? I was thinking that. Um, one, because they said uh, what they said something about the devil and they were like, oh, it's here again or something like that. I forget what, yeah. what the exact phrase was. She's, she's viewed as the devil of that city. Yeah. And she bled and then the cut magically went away. Yeah, the like, only, like, hours gone, later. seconds, seconds. It was like, they looked at it, she says, how do you get blood stain out of a linen? And she goes, Wanda's like, I don't know, like, I don't even know how to eat food, right? And she's like, a woman does it, and she walks away. She does it on her own, and she yeah. walks away. When we're at the talent show, and she's talking, and, like, visibly gone. Yeah. I was thinking it was a manifestation of Mephisto. Yeah, definitely. Uh, which brings me to the, the talent show. Glamour and Illusion in the Scarlet Witch and Wanda series, comic series, they're friends with a married couple named Glamour and Illusion who have a magic act under the name of Glamour and Illusion. So there's a callback. We know Agnes is according, apparently married to a man named Ralph. Yes. Is Ralph real? No. No, definitely not. Um, I don't think he's alive. I don't even think that she knows that she's in, real. I don't think – I think she's brainwashed as well. Okay. Because she doesn't like she doesn't know anything about anything, right? So she's in there, she just knows to play the part, right? Like she's reading lines for each episode. Yeah. But what we know in the trailers, she knows Vision's an Avenger. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and that show's not gonna jump to the two thousand tens. No. No, so she knows Vision is an Avenger. So something comes happens that kind of snaps her brainwaves. And it's the same thing with Geraldine, who doesn't even know her name is Monica, who may not even be Monica, but she's Geraldine. Like, if Geraldine is Monica, she, her and uh, Agnes could be bewitched as well as Scarlet Witch and Vision. Because when we when the radio kicks in, they say, who's doing this to you, Wanda? And maybe Wanda's not even doing this. Maybe Mephisto's yeah. created this universe. Well, also, I think something we glazed over, and we'll go back to the first episode, was the dinner scene. And the guy was like, where did you come oh. from? Where did you oh, come like from? Like when he's choking too. Ooh. Yeah. And, aggressive. And, and it kind of – she kind of zoned out a little bit. And it was – they focused heavily on that and especially the wife when, you know oh, – She's telling him to stop it. Yeah, stop it, stop it. And to me that kind of – maybe she – Wanda was getting a little, little bit of her memories back. Or yeah, a little she didn't bit, know – uh, when she got married, where she came from, yeah. none of that. Like, important questions. And and I think that was very huge. And it was kind of her – I and again, I think it was her kind of getting back to normal or understanding, you know, she was caught in some kind of loop or something. But I, I think that was a huge part. Do you think – so let's touch on that for a second. Do you think that she created this pocket universe and then Mephisto invaded it? And started to warp it into his own or her own, depending on if it's truly Dottie, the, her own um, simulation kind of deal. I was thinking that. I, I was thinking that she created this and then it was kind of taken over and she doesn't know it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I, I agree. Um, I want to keep going with um, more Agnes stuff. She, we know she has a familiar, right? I said Ebony the cat earlier. What if... In this reality, her familiar is that rabbit and is going to yeah. turn into a cat later. Never know. Never, never know. 
Uh, we know about Geraldine. She doesn't know who she is, so maybe she, her and Agnes are together. Then we get the big reveal at the end. When, coming through the, the sewer grate, the manhole, we get the, a beekeeper of sorts. So you're ready for some rabbit hole discussions for a second? It's All your right. dad. No, as, as a beekeeper, I recognized the buzzing of bees. And I was like, oh, let me go deep into the MCU lore and the Marvel character lores. So I have a few things. The helmet, very reminiscent of AIM. Yeah, yeah, the the like, suit, white, kind of. Yeah, 100% looking like AIM. Um, I didn't look at the back again. Like, I don't think he was sword. I think they would have broadcasted that it was sword. And if it was sword, maybe he broke into sword, stole the uniform, but kept his AIM helmet on. It, so de- I think it definitely had a sword stuff. logo on the back. Okay. Do you think it could be an AIM, AIM person disguised as sword? I don't think it's that deep. Okay, well, um, my next theory is go deeper. Okay. Like, deeper, deeper. Um, this is a far stretch. So I looked up characters that were associated with bees. <laughs> right? So there's a character from Thunderbolts, from uh, Spider-Man, from Squirrel Girl, named Swarm. Okay. Where he is a manifestation of bees. Like, he, his skeleton is now bees. And he has, like, this cloak and cape. He's ridiculous looking, but he would be fantastic to be in this. So I don't think it's Swarm, but it could be a far stretch. Like, that could be Swarm. Then I went then I went kind of, like, not re- religious, but I went occult. And uh, if we've watched Sabrina enough, we know that there is a demon that is accompanied by bees, and he's the hand of the devil. We know yeah. about Beelzebub. Could that have been a – not a – could that have been an analogy for – Beelzebub coming out from hell, the depths of hell, and Mephisto being like the devil of this universe, and he's the hand of Mephisto trying to assimilate into this community and watch WandaVision. That's a stretch. I mean, all of them can be looked at stretches, but yeah. come on, man. If Mephisto's in this, you got a guy coming out the ground with with bees. Like you think hell coming up from, from the bottom, right? And bees, Beelzebub. It's crazy. I'll be here all but- day, man. I got all day. <laughs> it, it could work. Yeah. I um, Did you think of anything with the B-Man? I didn't go as deep as you, but I – again, I thought it was sword. You know, I did think it looked like AIM, but I don't think it's an AIM guy Operative. stealing a – Yeah, uh, I don't okay. think that. What, but why would they focus heavily on the bees? Like we heard the buzzing from Wanda's perspective. Like, And when yeah. we got closer, it got louder and louder. There's got to be something about the bees. Oh, no. There's definitely something. A swarm, as crazy as it sounds, could fit. I'm here for it. I'm, I'm 100% here for that. Yeah. And why they didn't cast you or your dad, I don't know. That missed opportunities, man. We know they yeah. listen. They know they listen. <laughs> and I'll play any character in the MCU. I don't care. I'll gain weight, lose weight. I'll cut my legs off if I need to. I'll play anybody. <laughs> But yeah, I there's something there. There's definitely something there with the bees. I don't think it's a. It would be just a weird thing just to throw a beekeeper in there and not, yeah, mean anything. Just like out of nowhere, but like, oh, next decade he won't be there. Like that's important. Like there's something coming up. There are people coming up from the underground, which could yeah. also link to like an ant farm or a beehive where. They're living in this colony mindset, and they're living in this already, like, prefabricated colony. And there's people watching. There's people working. It's very, like, they're in a simulation. I think it was, like, a an Arrow episode where they were, like, living under a bubble. Yeah. And 
and it was like Pleasantville there. Like, could that be the same thing? One more thing, and then I've got a question, and then we'll get out of here. Wanda's pregnant. Yeah, and that came out of nowhere. Like, they're sitting on the on the couch after the magic show, and he gets up, and she's like, he's like, oh, hey. Yeah, she's like super. She's got the she got the bump. Like, are we thinking that like six months has uh, three months has passed from that time where the beds came together, at which it only seemed like hours, and now she's magically pregnant? Or do we think Mephisto put some fragments in her, and now she's got speed and wicked? I think that. I think she was. These babies were mephested. Oh God! Oh God! You worked on that for a while, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> That was good. That was good. I like that one. <laughs> I'm here all day, just like you. Because she's wearing the same outfit that she was that day. Like, it's literally that day. Um, another thing I liked, they kind of frowned upon her wearing pants. Yeah. Yeah, like, why are you wearing pants, girl? Yeah. Like, you need to be in a miniskirt. Like, that's a brave That's a brave costume. And uh, then, like, she goes from pants to, like, uh, one piece. And I'm like, oh, well, that was even braver. Yeah. You're and fishnets everybody yeah but yeah so you know she's pregnant and it looks like she got more pregnant like right before the bees and another thing we got to touch on that was kind of weird so right before the bees she's pregnant yeah they go outside she said no and rewinds everything yep and then she looks even a little bigger yeah she knows that somebody's playing with her yeah. Like she's she she's warping reality and then people are trying to get in to either attack her or help her and she's like, No, no. We're going back to the memories that I like. Then again, greatest hits of T V shows. That one cliffhanger where the the mom or the oldest daughter says, Well, I'm pregnant and then boom, next season. You know what I mean? So we're gonna jump yeah. ten years later, she's gonna have these grown babies, uh, who are manifested. manifested. Yeah. <laughs> like um, it, it was weird. Like it's it's a very weird transition we know what the series is going we know how fast those babies are going to grow because they're either fragments or they're they're mutants or they're android mutants i don't know how this works but at the end of that scene everything goes to color and you realize that everything they're only focusing on wanda and vision's colors like vision's in like a burnt yellow vest or like sweater. sweater wanda's in all red like they go all into like it's a master class on production Yes. Like you're going from a like a four three com- composition, like the way that they shoot it, to expanding it from black and white, the way that they paint all the colors, and then when they reveal everything, like they're showing all the colors of everybody. I thought that was fantastic. Um, last question, my friend, who's on the radio? I think it's Randall Park. It sounded so much like Randall Park in that when it says Wanda, who's doing this to Wanda. I thought that I looked at some comments and stuff on social media and people were like, Oh, it's Evan Peters. And it was very hard to, to tell. Yeah. But how would Evan Peters know her? Exactly. Could it be Aaron Taylor Johnson? But he would have, he would have had a Sokovian accent. And that would have come, that would have come through like Wanda. But they got rid of her Sokovian accent. Yeah. But she, she became Americanized. He didn't have enough time to become Americanized. Remember she, like in civil war, she got like, thrown into captivity at Avengers uh, Mansion and was like, you know, I want to be different. I don't want people to really know me for Sokovia. I want them to know me as a hero. And she kind of assimilated into American culture. I don't think, you know, Pietro died on Sokovia. 
Yeah. Oh, what if it's Magneto? Vigo Mortensen. Maybe. Or Paul Rubens. Maybe it's one of those. All right, so give me a uh, 1 to 10. Is this another 10? Yep. I think this one was actually better than the last episode. Absolutely. Like I said, this sped it up so quickly, and it's showing you that they're not going to waste episodes. Like, they're going to, like, you're going to have to wait until the end. And, like, I watched it all the way till those nine minutes of credits were over to see if there was an end credit scene because it's Marvel, and who knows. But... I was very happy with this one. This is a 10 across the board. I didn't watch the preview for the next episode because I don't want to be spoiled. I'm going back on my blackout, which is very hard for somebody who runs an Instagram who has to report all the news. But we'll we'll see what we can do. But that's where I'm going to go, man. Uh, 10 out of 10 for all of us. This was our Wanda Watch episode one. Yes. We'll be back next Wednesday with a full Active Geek podcast. Uh, For the Active Geek podcast, I am Jim. I am Chuck. And we are out.